This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Good morning, everybody, and welcome into Hog Hoops Live. I am your host, Curtis Wilkerson. You can find me over at hogsports.com with Trey Biddy, Danny West, and Andrew Ellis. The good news, Arkansas is 1-0 on the season after knocking off North Dakota State 76-58 last night in Bud Walton Arena. The not-so-good news, Nick Smith Jr. is out indefinitely with a banged-up knee. We're going to break down all of that. We're going to look ahead at Friday's matchup with Fordham, take a look around the SEC, talk a little bit of recruiting, and of course we'll get to your questions, your comments, so be sure that you throw those in the chat. All that and more coming your way today on Hawk Hoops Live. It should be a fun show. Let's get started. All right, everybody, a quick reminder on all the ways you can watch or listen. You know the drill by now. Same Facebook page uh, when we go live here, the same podcast channel where you find Trey on Hog Sports Live. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there. Uh, different YouTube channel, so do me a favor, uh, type in Hog Hoops Live, go to YouTube page, subscribe for us. We would definitely appreciate that. Uh, that's where we upload all of these videos after the show. If you want to go back and watch it, then, uh, the live reactions that we do at some of the different venues after the games and the weekends and things of that nature, uh, you can find all those over there on the YouTube page. So be sure to check that out for us. All right, let's just jump right into it here. Uh, I mean, let, let's start with probably the biggest news of yesterday, which was, uh, you know, quite honestly, finding out that Nick Smith Jr. was not playing. Uh, there had been a lot of rumors flying around the last couple of days as far as his availability was concerned. Um, and, you know, that, that smoke did lead to some fire there. The release, honestly, you know, it was a little bit vague and, and maybe unclear, probably by design, though. Uh, but it did say that, you know, Nick was in right knee management uh, and being held out for precautionary reasons. No timetable for a return. Sounds like Kawhi Leonard, though, right? Like the load management. Hopefully that's the case. And, and listen, you know, I, I've heard a few things in regards to what's actually going on there, uh, but, but I don't know anything for certain, right? And so I'm not going to sit here uh, and speculate on that. I, I think that's, that's foolish when people do that, uh, and it's not fair to the kid or to the team. Uh, you know, Muss, and this is not surprising at all, uh, he didn't have much to add when we kind of pried him on it after the game during the press conference. Uh, he didn't really hint at the severity or, or the nature of it when he might be expected back. And, and really anything we say in here uh, is nothing more than a guess or, or hearsay. You know, I, I just hope that the kid heals up and gets on the floor soon because he's a competitor uh, and Razorback fans are dying to see him play. You know, what I will say about this is, is when you have a prospect of this caliber, though, you, you kind of enter um, 
just a different arena and a different set of circumstances. I think it's a delicate situation uh, really for all parties to handle. You know, it's Nick's a top five projected pick. So to me, um, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be surprising. I think it would probably make sense to maybe be overly cautious uh, regardless of what the nature of, of his injury or ailment is, uh, and just making sure that he's 100% before he takes the floor. Because you got a long-term future to consider there. So, you know, how long that takes, I don't know. Uh, but I would imagine Arkansas and, and Nick and his camp, uh, they're going to make sure that he's fully healthy, comfortable, ready to go before they clear him to put him back out there. How long that's going to be, we'll see. It is an unfortunate, you know, situation that kind of added, I think, to, I don't know, what's what's a little bit of a weird season opener. You know, you have an entirely flipped roster that's, that's coming off a 30-point embarrassment uh, against Texas. Uh, it finds out that it won't have, you know, who's arguably its best player for the season opener. It's a decent amount of adversity before even tipping off, Right. Considering that, you know, I actually came away impressed and, and pleased by what I saw from Arkansas on Monday night. You know, I, I really did. I feel like this team could probably hang its hat on the on the defensive end of the floor, uh, you know, early in the year. And, and I feel like they did that last night. You know, held North Dakota State to 33.9% to from the floor uh, five of 21 from three. They forced 14 turnovers, limited them to 58 points. That's something that'll win you a lot of ball games. And like, I, I get it. North Dakota State is not Texas, but that's a big step forward from where they were the previous weekend. I thought Arkansas was really swarming. They really used their length well. They made North Dakota State uncomfortable. Uh, and I thought they played with a lot more physicality than they did when they were down in Austin. And, and there's some kinks to work out still. You know, let North Dakota, uh, North Dakota State's best player, Grant Nelson, get off a little bit. He had 17, had a big second half. Put him on the free throw line too much, you know, 23 free throws for North Dakota State. But when all this individual talent becomes the sum of its parts, these guys can be elite defensively, I'm telling you. I think the main questions, you know, given the circumstances, uh, where would the offense come from, Right. Nick's not available, so who's going to score? And I think that's a valid concern. I think it was, and I think it still is. You know, we've been wondering who was going to be, you know, the guy or the guys that provide the consistent pop behind him. And for now, at least, it's who's going to take the lead, you know, and, and, and you know, provide the scoring punch until he's back. And so as a team, listen, um, there were some dry spells. It was a little bit stagnant, uh, you know, sloppy at times, but they showed that spurt ability from last year uh, with a couple overwhelming runs late in the first half. It was a 13-5 to run to give them some separation, a little breathing room going into the break. Um, and then they had that run early in the second half that put the game away. Shot 49% from the field. That's efficient, and that's what happens when you put an emphasis on getting downhill and putting pressure on the rim. That was a key that I listed coming into the game. Uh, they were selective but efficient from three-point range. Look, give me four of ten from three all season. And, and if Arkansas does that, I'll be sitting here in March eating an actual crow like I said I would on the last show. Uh, but that's good. They, they were selective. Uh, they emphasized their strengths. And they, quite frankly, uh, had some open looks from three and they cashed them in. 
that's what you want to see from this group. So, you know, I thought some individuals really stepped up and assumed, you know, kind of some alpha lead roles as scorers, guys who aren't afraid to shoulder that load right now. The first guy, honestly, uh, who immediately came to mind for me was Ricky Council. Because what I loved about him as an addition in the offseason was, you know, even though he was a six-man, six-man of the year, in fairness to him, in the AAC, he was he was pretty much a go-to option for Wichita State because, you know, he's a guy uh, who you can give the ball to, clear everyone out, and let him create. And Eric Musselman loves that kind of guy. We know that. I thought Ricky was great. You know, he led the team with 22 points. He was 9 of 14 from the field. He had a three, uh, which you like to see from him because I think he can give you a little bit uh, from the perimeter. But, man, it's it's kind of a weird comp, I think, because Ricky is way more athletic, uh, but probably less crafty and, and maybe not as good of an outside shooter. But he's got some Mason Jones to his game. Uh, just in terms of his size and his, his wiggle, that combination makes him a hard guy to keep in front. And when he gets you on his hip, man, he's going to get to the rim and finish. Uh, had some acrobatic finishes. Had a really great dunk, crazy reverse dunk in traffic. Trevin Brazil was talking about after the game. He's like, I've never seen anybody do that. It's crazy. And it was. It was. So, uh, you know, kudos to him from that standpoint. I, I was really impressed seeing him as a pick-and-roll ball handler. You know, we saw that just a little bit in that last game in Europe. Uh, when Nick was actually out in the second half of that game, they put the ball in Ricky's hands more and let him operate in that ball screen action. He looked pretty good, must said after the game, like, uh, maybe this is something we look into in the next few weeks. We didn't see a ton of it in the exhibition season, but he got that opportunity last night. I thought he looked good. You know, he set the tone early. I think he scored six of the first eight points or so, but he got a steal, went down and finished in transition. He hit a turnaround jumper, uh, got downhill and got to the rim again. Uh, really gave Arkansas a jolt because you wondered if they were going to have some jitters. You know, maybe that happens. First game, you got a new team. It's a weird situation uh, as everybody settles in. But I think he helped them uh, have a little bit more juice than they did jitters coming out of the gate. He's probably not going to give you 20 points every night, but he comes with some firepower, and Arkansas is going to need that right now and when Nick is back. I, I think he could be a really good complimentary piece there. Uh, Trevin Brazil, listen, uh, everybody knows that Brazil is my man. Right? I was a little bit worried about him early, I'm not going to lie. Uh, he didn't start the game. He came in, he missed his first four shots. He looked a little, I don't like using the word soft, but you know, maybe a little passive defensively and on the glass. Uh, but man, all he needed was that corner three late in the first half. And he followed it, it might have been the next possession actually, uh, with that pick and roll dunk. That sequence right there I thought completely flipped the switch of the game for him and, and and maybe the entire team. You know, he was really good, especially in the second half, 21 points total. Uh, he hit three three-pointers, which I think is a beautiful sight for Arkansas fans and NBA scouts, <laughs> right? Because that's a big part of why he's such an attractive um, prospect, potential prospect. 12 rebounds, which you love to see. Uh, he, he was a little pissed because he, he said he was supposed to get 15. That was his goal. Uh, great, man. Go out and get 15 rebounds every night. I, I think Arkansas would take that. And, and, you know, Grant Nelson gave him some problems at times defensively. But listen, Brazil uh, was awesome last night. And maybe the craziest statement I've heard this season was Trevin after the game saying that, you know, he said, well, I was a role player at Missouri and you know, I'm being asked at Arkansas to be one of the top guys or, or, or to be a key contributor. What? 
I understand, you know, guys develop and improve and all that, and he's a better player now than he was his freshman year at Missouri. But Arkansas is a superior program here, which makes you really wonder what the hell Quanzo Martin and Missouri were thinking with this kid. Unreal, such a special talent, and, and I feel like he was not used appropriately there. Uh, but that worked in the favor of Arkansas because they've got him now, uh, and he's a really special piece that they can do a lot of things with. A couple other guys who get a shout-out here. Uh, Devo, boy, he's been debated all morning on our message boards. Man, uh, listen, <laughs> he's a guy that I looked at and said, well, you know, his role just changed. You know, when we got the news that Nick was going to be out, to me, suddenly uh, he needed to become a, a scoring combo guard. He needed to be on the ball as a primary handler more. And I, I don't know that those things necessarily fit his ideal strengths. Uh, but, listen, this team has to find some scoring right now. And he went out and gave you 18 points and pitched in six boards. The issue, yeah, I know. He's the only returning guard. He had five turnovers. He had zero assists. I, I I get it, right? Not great there. Devo is a showman. He's a flashy player. Sometimes you, you wish he'd reel it in a little bit. Yeah, he was trying to make some big plays there and, and some of those wild over-the-head 60-foot lobs. You could probably do without those. I understand that. Uh, but I think, you know, given what Arkansas needed from him, you know, in this game, what they're going to need for him right now, they need points. They need some production, some pop there. Uh, he provided that last night. And that's why I came overall you know, impressed with the way that he played. Yeah. If you're going to have the ball in your hands, you got to distribute better. you got to cut down on the turnovers. I, I think he had almost half of the teams. Eh. He'll be fine. Uh, Makai Mitchell. Man, hey, he earned the start at center. Every time we see this guy, he's playing a little bit better and better. Uh, I think he's going to eventually completely lock down that center spot. I really do. And he profiles as a guy to me that I think could be a defensive anchor for Arkansas if he stays focused. And some of the people I, I chatted with within the program last night are starting to feel the same way about what he's capable of. The dude can play now. He's got SEC athleticism and size. You know, he had three steals. Not bad for your starting center. Uh, man, he sets really good. I love him in the pick and roll. He sets really good screens. I like the way that he sets them in good spots on the floor. He sets them at good angles. And the thing that impresses me the most about him in pick and roll is he's not hes not like a blind roller. A lot of times guys will just set that pick, they turn, they roll straight to the basket. They just go. And there might not be a seam there. He finds the open space. I think he reads his ball handler well. Whether they're dragging the dribbler or, or they're turning the corner, he times it up well to where he can get in the open space and catch and make a move, or he can get straight to the rim and go up for the lob. I think he's got some high IQ as a pick and roll guy. Um, his back to the basket game, he's got some polish now. Some good moves down there. He can finish over either shoulder. Uh, you know, still a work in progress, getting comfortable in the system. We've talked about it, the playbook, whatever. Uh, but man, it, if he really takes the next step forward uh, from that standpoint and continues to be a focused player, I really think he could help Arkansas. I really do. It was really an interesting starting lineup, but you know, with without Nick, you start to wonder what the different combinations could look out, could look like. Uh, what they went with, I don't think I ever would have guessed this. I don't know if anybody did, uh, but they went with Anthony Black, Devo Davis, Ricky Council, Makai Mitchell, and Kamani Johnson. That's an interesting lineup, 
And you know, Arkansas wound up playing a little bit smaller most of the game once they got into the flow of it. But to come out of the gates, I thought that group did pretty well. You know, Arkansas was up at the media timeout. Uh, you know, they they played with energy. They looked they looked fine uh, to me. That group. So you had that five, uh, and then you know Brazil and Jordan Walsh. And listen, Walsh, I thought he played well, but he fouled out too. He fouled out in eighteen minutes. Uh, so a little overly aggressive there, but. You know, that starting five in Brazil and Walsh really rounded out what looked like your top seven in the rotation right now. A few other guys got in there. Barry Dunning played. He played some small ball four, got on the wing a little bit. I think he played maybe eight to ten minutes, uh, mostly in the second half. Joseph Pinion got in there. Uh, Darian Ford got in there for a stretch in the first half, which that was good to see. We didn't see much of him in the exhibition. So, um, you know, they played ten guys. Looked like probably a top seven there. It was interesting. The two did-not plays were... Uh, Jalen Graham, who had been a starter for you in both exhibitions. Uh, so interesting, I think. Uh, we'll see what happens there. And, and then Mikel Mitchell, who uh, you know he's, we haven't seen that much of him, quite honestly. Uh, but I'll be interested to see what they do with the lineup on Friday. You know, Musk hinted that they might make another change. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Brazil uh, get back in there, maybe replace Kamani in that lineup. Um, maybe Jordan Walsh get back in there. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they tinker with this thing, uh, but some good combinations there. I like it. Hey, listen, Arkansas is one to know. Moving on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're just taking a look around the SEC just real quick. I think it's worth pointing out that the league did go 11-1 and on opening night. The only loss for an SEC team was Vanderbilt, and they played a pretty good game, pretty close game against Memphis. Um not too many notable matchups. You know, a lot of teams playing mid-majors like Arkansas did. A couple things that I did find interesting. You know, Kentucky, they rolled past Howard. That's not interesting or surprising. Uh, but they did it without Oscar Shibway, who I think will, will probably be back at some point pretty soon here. Uh, another thing that stood out to me, Tennessee. They blew out Tennessee Tag, beat them by 30-some-odd points. But they attempted 44 three-pointers. I've looked at it twice. I might have to go back again and see if I'm crazy. But 44 three-pointers. They made 14 of them. That's wild, man. A couple interesting, you know, non-SEC notes. Oklahoma, who Arkansas plays uh, in Tulsa in December, they lost to Sam Houston State by one. I think it was 52-51, to real low-scoring game. I didn't necessarily see that coming. Looking at the Maui field, you know, that, that that's creeping up on us pretty quick there. Uh, pretty solid opening night for that crew, right? Arkansas won. 
uh, Creighton, Arizona, San Diego State, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Ohio State, they all won their games. Nobody really challenged. Uh, Louisville, who Arkansas opens up with in Maui, they don't play until Wednesday night. They struggled some in their exhibitions. They lost to a D2 uh, in their first one. They played another D2 in their second one. I, I think they squeaked that one out, but it was, it was close. It was a dogfight in the second half. So we'll see if Kenny Payne can get those guys rolling before they head out to Hawaii. Fordham's up next, though, for Arkansas. The Rams out of the Atlantic 10. They're picked to finish 11th of, of 15 teams. Uh, that's a pretty good league, though, a really solid mid-major league. Uh, they were 16-16 and 16 last year, have a new head coach. Fordham did play last night. They beat Dartmouth at home, 88-74. Uh, to 74. I mean, there, there were a few things that stood out about that. I want to go back and watch more than just the highlights if, if I get the chance to. Um, you know, one thing, uh, they were actually a worse three-point shooting team than Arkansas last season. Uh, but they were 40%, just like the Hogs in their opener. Arkansas was 4 of 10. Uh, Fordham was 8 of 20 from 3. So maybe they made some improvements there. Um, they did shoot 57.4% from the field, which that's impressive against anyone, including, you know, an Ivy League school. You take that. There are a couple names there, I think, to be familiar with. Uh, ahead of this one on Friday, uh, Darius Cuisenberry. Really, really talented guard. This kid's a bucket. 6'2 senior, uh, preseason, you know, all A-10 player. He's averaged at least 14 points in all four of his seasons as, as a college player. He's an older guy, uh, shooter, scorer. Uh, he had 20 points last night on 18 shots. So he's he's really the go-to guy. You know, that's one thing Musselman mentioned about the defense last night. He was really pleased with the way that they played overall. Uh, but they take a lot of pride in shutting down or limiting the, the opponent's best player. And they didn't necessarily do that against North Dakota State's Grant Nelson. That's a 6'11 forward, versatile guy. He's good. He's really good, actually. I, I think he, he's got some pro potential. Uh, that's one of those dudes that, you know, you start to look at this now, right? But you watch the teams that Arkansas plays, and you're like, oh, man, if this guy hits the portal, I'd be interested. I mean, that's what we did with Brazil last year, right? I remember everybody saying that. We would have threads started on our message board about him all the time. I think Brazil's going to hit the transfer portal. If he does, Hope Must picks him up. Well, he did. If Grant Nelson hits the transfer portal, I hope Musk picks him up. I, I like that kid. He's a good player. But back to my point, uh, now you've got a guard who kind of leads the charge for Fordham. So it's going to be interesting to see what Arkansas does there. Uh, how do you match up with him right away? You know, Do you go with the experienced guy in, in Devo? I mean, hey, he's tweeting out there. He's one of the best defenders in the country. So that would kind of you know be his first opportunity to really prove it. Do you go with the experience there? Uh, do you go with Anthony Black? He's a true freshman, but we know that he's a really good defender. Uh, you know, you put his 6'8 body with, with that length and wingspan that he has on a 6'2 guard and, and maybe disrupt him, getting his vision lanes a little bit. Might see both. Wouldn't necessarily surprise me at all. Well, Kiesenberry is a good player. Uh, they've got another guy, Georgia Tech transfer, uh, transfer forward Khalid. Moore, he's 6'7", 210. He was a nice pickup for them in the offseason. Uh, it was kind of a role guy for Georgia Tech. He played uh, while he was over there, but obviously he's stepping into a bigger role with Fordham. He had a good debut, 18.7 boards. He was 8 of 11 from the floor. So, you know, listen, this is a game, I, I think, with or without Nick Smith that, that Arkansas should be able to win comfortably. I think Fordham's, you know, they appear to be, just based on what I've seen, more athletic, but probably not quite as efficient uh, or far along in their system as North Dakota State is. I mean, you're talking about, 
you know, a coach at North Dakota State that's in his ninth year into the system. He's got that thing established. He's really got it rolling. That's what made them such a challenge, I thought. Uh, Fordham is probably more talented, uh, you know, and they have better athletes, but this is a brand-new coach, new team, new system that he's implementing. Uh, so they might have some of that sloppiness, you know, maybe that we've seen from Arkansas uh, early on as they're trying to get all the pieces fit into place. But I, I, I think I'd probably take Arkansas here in the – 20-point-ish range. I think they'll win this one comfortably. All right. Let's talk a little bit of recruiting. I guess we'll start with the bad news, right? I mean, Ron Holland committed to Texas. That's too bad. You know, it's it's unfortunate because the staff did prioritize him hard. They did a great job recruiting him. Uh, it's been trending towards the Longhorns for a bit. We kind of hinted at that at the last show. Um, although we did say Arkansas was still alive, and they were, and, and they felt that way, I think probably until at least that they had a puncher's chance, maybe until the night before Holland made his announcement. Um, you know, I kind of hope that Musk might be able to pull that late close in there like he did with Anthony Black last year. But at the end of the day, you know, Holland opted to stay home. Not the end of the world. You can't get them all. You can try. But I think it is interesting, you know, Arkansas really planted that flag in the state of Texas last year when they went out and got Anthony Black, Jordan Walsh, a couple five stars out of that state, kind of establishing a pipeline. Uh, Chris Beard, to his credit, he threw, threw a little bit of a counterpunch there, and, and so he got his guy to stay at home uh, this year. I think we have a nice rivalry forming here on the recruiting trail between these guys. It's going to be fun to watch because there's some 2024 prospects that both of those schools are going to be on heavily. I think about a guy like Dink Pate, Trey Johnson, some highly coveted guys that Arkansas is prioritizing. Um, Chris Beard's probably going to want to keep him at home, so it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of ebbs and flows over the course of the next few years here because I, I do think the Lone Star State could be a really good pipeline for Arkansas. There's so much talent there, and there's a lot of talent in, within the state of Arkansas too, don't get me wrong. Uh, that's a big reason for the success that Musselman's had since he's been here. And the future classes project well, too. Uh, but basketball is more of a national recruiting sport. Although if you can get a pipeline going regionally, that helps you quite a bit. Uh, Texas, you know, if, if you look around the country and, and think about some of the hotbeds, it's really blowing up. Uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so much talent down there. Houston, so much talent down there. So there's a lot of good basketball to be played down there. Arkansas is going to be trying to pluck some guys from that state still. Um We'll see what kind of success they have moving forward. I think they'll probably be just fine. Early signing period starts on Wednesday. As I understand it, Layden Blocker is still planning to sign early. Uh, I haven't heard anything concrete on, on the day or the details yet. We'll see what comes of that. Uh, but that's your loan commitment in the 2023 class. Composite five-star. Uh, he was actually down in, I believe that event was held in Texas, maybe at Duncanville over the weekend with Sunrise Christian. They played against, they played Duncanville uh, had some good competition down there. It sounds like Layden played really well on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, I said it last time, but I'm excited about him. He's such an explosive player. He might be the best on-ball defender, perimeter defender in his class. Uh, he's just kind of got some Arkansas about him. Obviously, he's a home state guy, but he plays so hard. He, he's kind of got that energy, uh, you know, that, that, that tough-minded mentality. He'll die for the loose balls, get after it. He's a vocal guy, uh, and he's explosive. He's not the biggest guy in the world, maybe 6'2". Uh, but he can get up and finish above the rim. So I, I think Arkansas fans are really going to like him. And he's still got decisions coming on, on the top two remaining targets. 
for the class, right? On November 20, uh, excuse me, November 15th. That would be 610 Ford Bay Fall and fellow 610 Ford Assign Diop. As things stand today, I still do like where Arkansas is at with these two. Falls down to Arkansas Auburn, Seton Hall and Rutgers. Uh, Diop is down to Arkansas, uh, Seton Hall and Colorado. I like where the Hogs are at with those guys. What do we want to call them if they commit? I feel like we could have fun with this. The Colorado Cousins, the Denver Duo, I don't know. We gotta have something, right? I mean, think about it. All right. Let's jump into some questions and comments. People probably wanna people probably wanna chime in here. We'll grab a couple from our, our Razor's Edge message board and then we'll jump over into the chat and wrap it up here. Let's see. Oklahoma Hog asks if Trevin Brazil will lead the team in three point shooting this year. Well, it, I guess depending on how long Nick is out, he, he's got as good of a chance as anyone. It was really good to see him knock down three three-pointers last night. And it's interesting because he said in Europe that he's such a, a rim, rim-minded rim or rim-focused player. And he should be. I mean, he's, he's 6'11 and probably got a 40-inch vertical. Uh, but that, you know, kind of his challenge as a three-point shooter was just to get more comfortable in taking them. Well, he did that on Monday, and, and I think the good thing about it was he wasn't settling, um, and he had a balance there. And, and I think that's what's going to be the key moving forward. Um, you know, I don't know if we can count on three out of him every night. I mean, if you can, holy cow. I mean, this guy's going to wind up pushing lottery status. But, uh, no, I, I do think that he's a guy that is going to be uh, selective in terms of taking quality shots out there, catching shoots uh, from the corner. When he kind of fades out from that dunker spot, uh, maybe some trail threes in transition. Uh, those are going to be some pretty good looks for him. So I, I do think he can give you a little bit of volume. I think he might be a pretty high percentage guy because he seems like one that's going to take quality shots. So you might be onto something there. Hog Nation 9 asks for any insight into why. Trevin Brazil didn't start, uh, and if I remember when Nick Smith Jr. got hurt at Texas or if it's the same injury. Okay, uh, with Brazil, man, I mean, I know that Texas game wasn't televised, uh, but I was I was there. Uh, he really, really struggled. I mean, he looked, he looked shook out there, to be honest with you. He lacked physicality, um, almost seemed a little bit overwhelmed at times, and there were stretches where you know, he was out there for a, for a long period, maybe five to six minutes, and just didn't record a stat, not a not a rebound, not a shot attempt, nothing. He was just kind of out there, uh, so really struggled. I, I imagine it was probably a wake up call for him. You know, like, hey, dude, you're you're one of our our better players. We need you to produce, though. And, and if you're not, somebody else is going to get the shot. Um, maybe he needed a little bit of tough love. I like the way he responded. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in there on Friday. We'll see. Uh, but he proved he can produce off the bench too. So, um, like what you have there in him. Uh, the other, oh yeah. The other question on Nick, I, I don't really recall him getting hurt or, or looking like he tweaked anything in that Texas game. I mean, I wasn't watching for it, uh, but I don't remember seeing anything there. You know, he, he did sit the last 12 minutes or so. Uh, I mean, I, I chalk that up to why risk anything with your top guys, any of them, when you're kind of getting crushed in an exhibition game like that. It was it was out of hand at that point. Um, 
and you know, like I said earlier, we we kind of pried Musk for more details last night on, on you know when it happened or if it was a lingering deal, a new injury, whatever. He wasn't really interested in offering up a lot more detail there. Honestly, I don't blame him though. Um, for one, I mean that's up to him and and, and the kid and his family. Secondly, it, it it's probably only potentially harmful to put you know labels and expectations on that, and and maybe. You, you know, I, I think what people are failing to consider here is that when it was released, it sounded like load management, right? And, and maybe that it was a, a tweak or, you know, whatever, or a minor deal uh, that they're monitoring out of precaution. And so if it is a day-by-day or game-by-game situation, um, then you don't really know, and it, and it is what it is. And so I think that's one thing that people need to consider. I know a bunch of rumors are out there. You, you'd think the poor guy had his leg amputated. Uh, but that's what happens. Things start swirling. Things start spiraling out of control. Um, but I do think it could be potentially harmful to put expectations on a return timetable if you aren't really sure. You know, why do that? Why put that pressure on yourself or, or the player? Everybody heals up differently. You know, it's not It's not like uh, it, it's as easy as just looking up an injury on Wikipedia and saying, oh, uh, you've got this. You'll be back in two weeks or or whatever. So I think that has to be considered, too. And Arky asked, uh, who will lead the team in Sports Center top 10 this year? Trevin Brazil. The dude is a highlight waiting to happen. He gets up there. Uh, and some of those lobs he's going to catch, some of these block shots that he's probably going to get, he's, I think he's going to be a frequent, frequently featured guy on Sports Center. Big Baby Hog asked, uh, who has the better finger roll, Ricky Council or George Gervin? <laughs> I love that. But the thing about Cancel is he gets up so high, so athletic and explosive. He gets up so high that his arm is almost extended straight out at the rim on those little finger rolls. It's like, dude, just dunk it. <laughs> just put it in. He had one that rolled out on him. But, yeah, it's it's he's smooth, man. He's smooth. We'll do one more from the board, and then we'll move on here. Oh, I really love I love this from from West Hog 21. He, he says, let's play a hypothetical. Um, if Nick Smith, for whatever reason, uh, never played a minute for Arkansas this season, what is the ceiling for this team? Uh, first of all, let me be clear. I have no reason to believe that Nick Smith is out for the season. I, I, I think he's going to be back out there at some point when I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but in this hypothetical situation, if you don't have him, how good could this team be? My answer probably changed uh, from what it would have been this time yesterday. Now that we've seen Arkansas kind of, you know, operate without him. And like I said earlier, I was pretty impressed with what I saw from Arkansas overall. I mean, they're not a not a finished product. It wasn't like an A-plus game or anything like that. But they did what they had to do, and, and I think there's room for growth there. Um, I think this is, could still be a tournament team if they didn't have him. I do. It'd be limited at times, offensively, especially when you start playing better competition. I, I think that's real. Um, but I think you're probably looking at more in that 7 to 10 seed type of range. If that if that were to be you know the case. especially. But, you know, at the same time, I do think that this group has elite defensive potential. And when I say elite, I mean top five in the country. I, I think they could be that good on the defensive end of the floor. And if that comes to fruition and they really buy into it and that's how they're going to win games, 
um, then maybe that ceiling could be a little bit higher. So, yeah, I, I think they could still be a tournament team and, and, and a team that could win a game. Uh, maybe two there. We've seen Arkansas take limited teams into the last two NCAA tournaments and, and make it to the Elite Eight. So you wouldn't rule anything out. I don't know that I would go into it expecting that uh, necessarily with this group, but they've also, they, they would also, in this hypothetical, have 30 more games to, to figure it out and convince me. So, you know. But then, but then what I like about this question is, is that West Hog uh, kind of, you know, doubled down after that uh, and said, you know, essentially, if and when Nick does return, right, how many games do you think it will take this team to really come together and gel to be playing their best basketball? Well, I think that's, that's probably the real interesting thing that we have to consider here. And this is why this situation kind of stinks. I mean, aside from, you know, a young man not being healthy enough to compete right now. Uh, but there's something to be said for, uh, you know, this team that's, that's still got 10 new faces out there, uh, figuring it out early on, uh, finding ways to win, establishing an identity just in time to add a guy uh, who's going to be a major piece of the operation. It's not like you're adding, uh, you know, a fringe starter or a role player. Nick's the dude if he's out there. Right. And so that changes everything you're trying to do because you're going to run it through him. That's just the way it is and the way it should be while he's out there. So it's almost like hitting a reset button at that point to a degree. Don't get me wrong. Listen, you add Nick Smith whenever you can, hopefully Friday, (laughs) you know, fingers crossed, whatever. Uh, But I do think that's something to keep an eye on with how long it would take Arkansas uh, to kind of redevelop that part of the chemistry and reform their identity because it does. I think it very clearly, no Nick versus having Nick changes the identity of of Arkansas basketball and the type of team that they are. And that's not necessarily from a a good or bad team standpoint so much as, uh, you know, just what your identity is, uh, what your strengths are, and, and what you're capable of doing out there and what you lean on. And there's also a trickle down on how it would impact everybody else's role. So I think that'll be one of the most fascinating things to watch with this team uh, once Nick gets back out there. I really do. Okay, let's hop over to the chat and see what we have here. Let me scroll to the top. Here we go. Jonathan Parker says, do you think Ford and Dunning will get more time? I think the opportunity is there uh, right now in the backcourt. Right, if you're a man down, and must said it last night, cliche, whatever. But next man up, right? Next man up. So um, Dunning got some time. I think, like I said earlier, he got about ten minutes of time. Um, played some small ball four, and I think you could see a little bit of that out of him uh, with Ford. I, I, mean, I don't know. He wasn't really in there long enough for me to get a good judgment. Um, but I do think it's telling that he got an opportunity because we didn't see a lot of him, you know, in, in these exhibition games, you know, until maybe later on once things were decided and everything like that. So maybe he's coming on a little bit. It'll be interesting to see because I, I do think uh, if you have – and Arkansas has got several wings, right? But if you have a guard, you know, a one or a two who's out, um, it's a little thin there. Kind of is. So maybe he's a guy that could fill that void. We'll see how he progresses if he gets more opportunities here. Zachary Beeler, my guy. 
This is looked good last night. Curtis, very excited for the season for sure. Yeah, they did look good. I was a little antsy about it going into that, you know, last night. I didn't think Arkansas was going to lose or anything like that, but I did think it could be um, a struggle. You know, I, I thought it might, it might be one of those situations like the opener last year where it's just too close uh, for comfort, you know, halfway through the second half or whatever, and then Arkansas would kind of pull away and win by double digits. But they, they, they really put the game away in that first segment of the second half, um, which, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the guys who stepped up and provided offense, but Devo and Trevin and Ricky Council combined to score the first 24 points of the second half for Arkansas. It was, it was pretty impressive. I want to say it was well over maybe 10 minutes into the half, maybe maybe even more than that, when Makai Mitchell made a jump hook. And that was the first point scored by a Razorback uh, outside of those three guys. 24 straight points by those three. Pretty cool. Steve Miller says, Devo Brazil and Council is a nucleus they can build around. Anthony Black had some bad luck with shots not falling. Uh, otherwise, he's an impressive defender. Uh, Mitchell had some fine post play. Yeah, um, I didn't talk much about Anthony Black. I agree. Man, it was really good to see him uh, early on in the game. He really turned the corner on a screen uh, and got downhill and finished. And he went up with authority. And, and he was a layup, but he finished strong. He was a powerful finish. Um, but then he was just 1-7 for the game. Uh, I like the aggression that he was attacking the rim with, though. Even though those were kind of rolling off, I agree. Uh, maybe a little bit of tough luck. It's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. He's still a true freshman uh, just in terms of the physicality. But once that comes, I, I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to finish good in there uh, and just get a little bit more comfortable. You know, his role might have been impacted a little bit, too without Nick out there. So he had to make an adjustment as well. Um, I think he was a 3-2 to two assist to turnover. That's that's fine for your debut, but I do think he's going to be a higher assist guy uh, as we kind of get on into the season. And agreed on Mitchell. Makai looked good. Tommy Bowen says, uh, the announcers made mention of a visible limp from Nick, not, uh, but he sure was vocal on the sideline and was cheering on the other guys. Great team player. Uh, I mean, obviously I was at the game, so I didn't hear, hear what was said there. Uh, yeah, most of the times I looked down there, he was just kind of standing around uh, before the game, in pregame. He was out there around the team. Uh, I didn't really pay attention to him walking too much, but I did see him you know, up cheering, clapping, everything on the sidelines. That's good to see. The kid wants to be out there, man. He's a competitor. He wants to be out there. Kevin Gill says, Musselman always plays every upperclassman um, on game one the past three seasons was interesting that he didn't play Graham and especially Graham, but then also Mikel Mitchell. But yeah, he usually, you know, leans on, uh, you know, the veterans, the guys who've kind of been there and, and proven that whether it's been on his teams or at a different college, I, I would agree. He, he typically does, but you've also got a, a hell of a freshman class that you can lean on a little bit more too. So maybe that impacts it some. Jonathan Parker said Devo had some crazy passes. Yeah, some of those are wild. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> some of them were a little wild. That's Devo for you. Grayson Reeser says, loved our D and Link last night. Definitely think this team can hang their hat uh, on that and find success with it. Agreed. I think we're on the same page there. It could be a really fun group to watch defensively. Um, can kind of do it all. I mean, they can get out there and disrupt in the passing lanes. They can switch. 
uh, I think they can defend in the post, but they, they have been uh, maybe a little frustrating and just kind of settling for playing behind the post at times. And listen, when you get a one-on-one on the block um, against any established college forward, especially once you get an SEC play, but, but the Nelson kid was good for North Dakota State, uh, that's advantage offense most of the time. And, and so I think they could work a little bit harder in maybe a three-quarter denial or even front, and, and must mention, hey, we, we want to front that post, um, doing that because they're going to be a hard team to lob over the top of because of the length you have in front and, and then the guys who can get over and, and recover and help you on the backside. So that's definitely something to work on for them. John Selvin says, do you know the deal on Graham last night? Yeah, I was I was surprised to not see him out there, honestly. Uh, didn't play well at all at Texas. Um, he, he got a couple short stints and maybe looked a little bit overmatched or, I don't know, just maybe unfocused out there, and so he didn't play a ton. Um, but, you know, we did ask Muss after the game if, if he was healthy or if it was a coach's decision. He just kind of said, no, he's, you know, he's, he's healthy, coach's decision. So, um, maybe that's just where he's at on the depth chart right now or, you know, a wake-up call. I think he's going to get a chance, though. I really believe that. I, I think he'll be back in there at some point, um, especially if, if you continue to need to find guys who can score because he's somebody that can do that for you. Um, you know, defense and, and rebounding, that, that might be a question mark for him, but scoring, uh, especially when, when he gets inside and he can face up and use that spin dribble, um, he can provide some points for Arkansas for sure. Steve Miller says this roster is deeper uh, than any team must have had Arkansas. Some combination of the older players will be played until he finds ones he likes. Uh, by the time conference play starts, Walsh, Black, and hopefully Smith will turn a corner. Yeah. yeah it'll take a little bit of time for everybody to adjust, but that, that that's a, anywhere in the country. I think Duke has you know five or six freshmen or whatever. It's going to take time for those young guys to adjust too. They can be really good right now, but they'll hit their peak and, and really get into their stride once we get you know several weeks into the season. Uh, lost my place here. Oh, Bradley Fireball Burnett says, uh, does McAdoo get the start by the weekend? I hope so. He looked good out there. No knock on Malik Chavis, but man, McAdoo. I mean, you had a pass break up, an interception, you blocked a punt. That doesn't earn you a start. I don't know what does. Matthew Turner says, do you expect more production from Kamani Johnson? Yeah. I mean, 0.0 rebounds. I expect more production from that out of a starter, <laughs> you know. Uh, listen, he's in there to be physical, uh, provide some toughness, and, and play with an edge. And I thought he did that. He was active defensively. Um, he's not going to be a big scoring guy. I think we know that, although he does have a knack for getting to the free throw line. Uh, but rebounding is where he's going to make his money and earn his playing time. Jonathan Parker says, what do you think of the flop rule? I don't know. I could be talking anything there. I, I get annoyed when it's obvious and egregious. Um, but at the same time, I, I do feel like that's going to run into some situations where it's just a judgment call by an official. And if it's not obvious, and, and sometimes it is, but if you make that judgment call and it's the wrong call, that can be the difference in the outcome of a game. I mean, it's a free throw for other team. Points matter. Um so, so I don't know. And I need to go back and go back and watch that, uh, watch that replay, because it it happened so quick that by the time I realized that that Kamani had been hit with that flop call, 
I had already erased out of my mind what had just happened. I need to go back and look at that. I don't, I don't know if it was a good call, bad call, or whatever. I didn't seem like Muscle's real happy about it. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how much that's called and, and utilized this season just across college basketball. Uh, Jalen Williams is probably happy he's in the league now because he took a lot of those, and he was a great charge taker, but there was some gamesmanship to that, so he, he probably would have been hit with a few of them. Maybe they put that rule in because of him. I don't know. Bewish says the Denver duo for sure. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And then Zach Van says, what do you make of Graham on the bench? He looked good sitting over there in his shooting shirt. <laughs> I think I like him coming off of the bench. I like him starting the game on the bench, but I'd like him to get in. I think we said that on the last show. I, I do think he could be a guy uh, maybe in a six-man role or just maybe you know one of your first bigs off of the bench if you have Brazil and Makai starting. Uh, who can just kind of come in and provide some offense for that second unit because that's one thing that we'll see. Uh, you know, as I, I think Arkansas has to to get into their rotation a little bit more over the course of the seasons when they start making that first round of subs and guys start coming out and getting a blow. Where does the offense come from? Um, maybe Graham could be a guy that they come there and, and facilitate some things through and run some things through because he can score it down there on the block. He's also a good passer, but we'll see. We'll see if he gets out there on Friday. Michelle Wilkerson, wifey, says it was a good call, I thought, uh, at least with the new rule, his head went back. Okay. I, I, I would not put it past Kamani Johnson to, uh, to flop. So, <laughs> all right. I think that's going to wrap us up. Looks like we made our way through the chat. Uh, good show today. This was fun. I really appreciate everybody participating, chiming in, as always. That's what makes the show fun for me. Uh, like I said earlier, be on the lookout for a live reaction um, over on our YouTube page after that game on Friday. It'll probably be pretty late Friday night, but if you're driving uh, up to Fayetteville to catch that football game on Saturday morning, it'll give you something to listen to and, and take a look at. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And, you know, got this Fordham game coming up on Friday. South Dakota State next week will have a show again after that. And it's off to Maui, baby, so it's, it's about to get real for the Razorbacks. Basketball season's back. Positive vibes. It's been Curtis Wilkerson with Hog Sports. We'll catch you guys next time.